Welcome to DevOps Sauna. My name is Lauri and I am the Chief Marketing Officer of Efficode. Not too long ago we held a hugely popular two-day DevOps 2020 event. In the event we had awesome speakers from around the world telling stories about DevOps tools and culture for over a thousand people online. Since then we have made these recordings available at the Efficode website and due to the popularity of these speeches we have now made them also available in our podcast. You can find the links to the video recording and to the materials referred in the speech in the show notes. We are also keen to feature topics that you find interesting in the area of DevOps. Do let us hear about you in our Twitter, Facebook or LinkedIn pages. Today we are going to hear Jordi Mon from GitLab. He is a senior product manager and he talks about multi-cloud maturity model. I'm not going to stand in your way, so let's dive right into the speech. Welcome to my talk about the multi-cloud maturity model. Basically, I'm going to present how we at GitLab see this shifting and ever-evolving and expansive world and market and sector of uh, multi-cloud or the cloud, the public cloud rather. And hopefully you agree or disagree and talk about it. Uh-huh. My name is Jordi Mon. I work for GitLab. I'm a senior product marketer here at GitLab. I'm in London, the UK. And as you know, we are a distributed company, so we are all, all over the world. Before we jump in, let's just define what it is. And it's obviously a pretty easy definition, but just to get academic, Wikipedia defines it as such. The ability to, with a single heterogeneous architecture, deploy it to multiple cloud providers, leveraging the the primitives that each one of those and the services built on top that each one of those providers are offering us to date. So basically that's what it means, uh, leveraging multiple cloud providers in a way. The the landscape is ever growing, as I said, it's, it, I'll share some numbers now, although who knows if in the future things change, but I, I, I would actually will only accelerate the expansion of this market, but I'm, I'm not an analyst and I'm not here to talk about the future, but rather the past and the present. And a bit of the near future, as we say. Basically, there was no public cloud as such before 2006. It was 2006 when this market was created uh, through uh, AWS uh, was the, the actual, uh, let's say, let's say the, the, the agent in this market that provided product market fit. Amazon through AWS, and then all the big ones uh, joined, and there's plenty of more actors than you see in this slide, but these are the main ones. So the market is already validated and expanded and it's full of competitors. So it's a very healthy market, although people would argue that more, even more competitors are required in this space. Uh, the numbers are pretty breathtaking. These numbers are taken from this uh, study by Texera from earlier last year. So they probably have changed, but it gives us an idea of how big the market is growing, the public cloud market, 24% of the year. And the good thing is that the demand side of this market, so that that. Uh, 24% is about the offering side, the supply side of the market, but the demand side of the market, mo- most of the enterprises, 87% of them are already, have already a multi-cloud strategy in place, which is good news. Uh, as you'll see later, most of them fall into the middle maturity or average maturity uh, uh, stage that we've, we've developed in our model, which is good news, right? Now, everyone's, most of the market, of the demand side of the market is uh, in the, in a, in a certain maturity phase, it's not in the initial ones. Another number might be might come from not only a vendor, like in this case previously, but rather an analyst, an independent one, a famous popular one, Forrester, who actually think these numbers are, by the way, November 12, 2019. So maybe a reassessment of them now is worth, given all this, or actually after all this is over. 
But still, uh, I would argue they are more or less valid to convey the idea that it's growing in the billions, uh, in fact, 300. And also another idea that these, this uh, study conveys is that open source is going to, is a, a catalyst of all this growth. And I'll explain that further on. So the, the reasons behind pushing and, and, and incentivizing uh, enterprises to have a multi-cloud strategy, which is after all what we are here for, are several, right? Uh, the different providers have different technologies and services that others don't provide. An example of which would be DynamoDB or Lambda being offered exclusively by AWS, uh, BigQuery in the case of GCP and so on. There are plenty of examples. So you'd rather, if you're dependent on those services, you'd rather be on, on that cloud or not actually. If you're an enterprise and you're negotiating prices or renewal, contract renewals with your current uh, cloud, public cloud provider, then you probably have the upper hand if you have other quotes, other possibilities there so that you're not stuck into a tyrannical renewal contract or, or a, a price hike in any case. So uh, it, is a, it is a sane and reasonable thing to do. But also, if you're not, if you're not thinking of renewing or, or purchasing a new, a new environment, a new cloud, there's chances that either you will grow by merging or acquisition of teams and companies or acquiring team, or even your own teams will be integrating your services and your applications as a, as, a, as a software developer with other teams. And they might also be running their applications in several, in, in different clouds than, than, than yours. So therefore, again, the most sane proposition for that to happen is that you have visibility at least on what's going on in the rest of the clouds, because these scenarios that I just described may just happen, and you better be prepared. There's also several other reasons, but obviously uh, these are the main ones that we at least see in what motivates uh, our clients and enterprises in general uh, to have uh, a, a multi-cloud uh, strategy. The last one, one I would like to highlight is open source, right? I mean, Open source is proving to be the most prevalent uh, distribution model in the infrastructure software that is running the cloud and the public cloud so that is uh, powering and provisioning the software that is eventually consumed. So given this, examples of this are Apache Kafka, Redis, Elastic, and so on. We might see also that the future management layer on top of these projects will also be open source. So it will definitely help for the leaders of the future to assess a multi-cloud reality, right? The advantage is pretty clear when open source is there. And one of the main examples would be Kubernetes, right? It is, after all, the great equalizer. If this becomes the de facto deployment paradigm, development and deployment paradigm, it will become the great equalizer. And it seems so, right? Uh, it seems like most of the public cloud providers are standardizing in, on it in a way, in a way. So hopefully, I mean, it is loved, after all, by developers and operations. It is more or less accepted by everyone that it's the best way to deploy and operate containerized applications. Applications, And, well, it will provide, if so, the common interface to a common interface to cloud providers. So let's go then into the levels of multi-cloud adoption or on the different levels of, of, the, of the maturity model. Going back a little bit again in the past, the, the least mature of companies are thinking, uh, maybe thinking of moving their application of the software, the package software into from their own data centers or their own environments into one single public cloud or even one public private cloud. Moving on to the next one, 
you soon realize as a software developer that you may have teams working on different clouds and that therefore the, the workflow, the way in which you develop software is completely, or the teams you manage, uh, completely adapted to one cloud. And therefore, uh, it is absolutely customized to it. And you cannot move it or port it to another cloud, which is not ideal. It's better than the monocloud uh, previous phase, but it, it is definitely not the, the, the most ideal phase, uh, which would be actually the next one, which your workflows, the way you develop software, the methodologies you have in place, the structure of your teams and the uh, architecture of your software is thought for multiple clouds. It requires knowledge of the different infrastructures and requires plenty of things, but it is the same way to develop. That's why we would argue DevOps is in the right. right? It is, a, uh, if you wish, a, a philosophy, a methodology that is uh, that puts uh, the infrastructure or the technology or the tooling behind before uh, processes and, uh, and people and um, that would definitely provide you as a software developer with an, uh, uh, workflows that are agnostic to the, to the different providers. This phase is in which we argue most of the people are, the, 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 the phase I just mentioned, but um, most of the enterprises. But, but the next one would be application portability, in which uh, in my package software, the one, the one I make revenue from, the one I devote most of the uh, resources and the one I, uh, I believe in the mission and so on and so forth, it is actual portable between uh, the different the different clouds. It could be run in any in a given cloud. It is independent of the not only the primitives, but also the services that each one of those clouds uh, are running. Once that phase is achieved, you'd rather have a plan, not only a plan, but the technology that enables it and activates the disaster recovery portability in which a failover plan in which once that application is able to run in different pl cloud provide public cloud providers, then the load balancing and the disaster recovery uh, instructions are there for uh, the limiting to limit to the minimal the potential downtime in one of each clouds in one of the clouds that, it, that, that the end user is consuming. A more evolved phase of, of this would be that the actual workloads or the components of that applications are able to run in different clouds. In, in our case, we didn't have, in the case of GitLab, for example, gitlab.com, we had uh, uh, workload portability for our CI workloads. So the end user would not suffer any, any, any downtime because uh, uh, CI workflows would run on the place that is avail available and up every time and the fastest and so on. The most evolved uh, mature phase of uh, multi-cloud strategy uh, for enterprises would be the ability to synchronize the data that applications uh, is synchronized throughout different uh, through the multi-cloud scenario, right? Uh, in which whenever that the downtime comes or, or the ability to uh, load balance uh, any, any traffic or users to another, to the same application in another, in another cloud, the consistency is maintained, right? Because there is data synchronicity between, uh, between the, different the same application in different, in different clouds. Basically, if we go through it, that is how we see our clients and the market, the demand side of the market uh, in the public cloud market uh, evolving. Most of them, as I mentioned, uh, are around the application and disaster, no, the application portability phase. We, we, we are showing their path to actually uh, move forward in, in, in maturity levels. That is all from my side. Uh, my call to action, if, if any, would be that uh, people attending DevOps 2020 will share actually their way 
or your way to uh, maturity on, on regards to a multi-cloud provisioning and multi-cloud strategy in general. And we come together and actually share that knowledge because it's a complex and ever-growing, ever-expanding market full of new open source technologies. We will all be better together if we share this knowledge going to the, to the public cloud, which seems to be one of the best uh, options out there. Let's move on to the questions. Can you share an example from GitLab in multi-cloud? Well, I, the one I just mentioned, uh, um, I'm not sure, by the way, we, we're, we're a very, very fast company. We, we change pretty fast. We're a distributed team, and it's, it's one of the cons, if you wish, of, of being a distributed company is that it's difficult to get a hold of, of many of the things that are happening, which is fine if you, if you, if you actually have a premium on velocity, which is actually one of our missions. Uh, but yeah, the example I just shared about having our CI runners, uh, CI uh, workloads running, being agnostic of any specific cloud provider and us as a service provider in gitlab.com choosing the best infrastructure for each one of the different clients. So that, that is a clear example of how uh, having a, a workload agnostic of the or adapted to all the different cloud providers, public cloud providers, is a benefit for the end user, and after all, for the, for the company providing the software. That was a snappy and fact-packed presentation. Thanks, Jordi. Next time around, we will listen to Jeff Williams from Contrast Security. He's a co-founder and CTO of the company, and will go practical about the security instrumentation. If you have ever stumbled upon the term DevSecOps, this will be for you. Talk to you again next time. Until then, remember to share your strategies to be successful with multi-cloud.